So I just wanted to say hello. Um, I've been asked to do a children's message. I wasn't sure if we'd have any children here. So um, admittedly, I didn't prepare one yet, but I will be prepared in July now that I know that you'll be here. Do I have three kids here? Is that what I see? Yeah. So I am Pastor Crystal. And would you mind introducing yourselves if you're comfortable? Just saying your name. That's all. Francis. I'm Kelly. I'm Lily. Lily. Francis. Lily. And what was the other one? Kelly. Kelly. Thank you. Well, welcome to worship today. We're going to talk about a little thing called the Trinity that a lot of people don't get and even more try to say they understand. Yeah, I see that head nod. We're going to talk about the Trinity. Can any of you tell me what you might think the Trinity means? I'm right there with you. If anybody ever tries to tell you they have it completely figured out, they probably don't. Because God is a mystery overall, right? And that the Trinity is a part of that. But what we're going to talk about today in my sermon as you're listening is how the Trinity helps show us that we are community. Your community with your family at home, community as you join for worship right now, when you go to school, and especially in faith with God. Community is the basis of who we are, and we can't survive without it. So I hope that you can hear that and hold on to that. And if anybody ever brings up the Trinity for you, maybe one thing that'll come to mind for you in the future is I think the Trinity has something to do with community and how we are together. Okay. All right. It was a pleasure meeting you and I look forward to seeing you again in July. Thank you. All right. So we'll move in to our sermon today. And as you heard, today is Trinity Sunday. Yes, it is. Let me get some things moved around here a bit. Yes, I am one of those millennials who uses their iPad to preach with. Don't worry, I'm saving a tree. Trinity Sunday, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, liquid, vapor, and ice, maybe, no, no, liquid, vapor, and ice, maybe, okay, okay, oh, great and complicated mystery of which we can't necessarily grasp. Today, we look at the idea of the Trinity. And to do so, I'd like to venture away from the common methods of discussing how the Trinity is possible, trying to find clever ways to explain the meaning and instead look at the ways that the essence of the Trinity enhances our faith, lives, and beings. For the Trinity is an invitation for creative and imaginative thought about what it means to confess a triune God. To start, looking at the backdrop of our gospel, 
from John, our reading, will help us understand more fully the implications of the words we are hearing. It's written to the Joinine community who are more than likely struggling because as they would have heard this word, Jesus is already gone. They would have heard this message after Jesus's death and resurrection. And they were probably wondering what was to come. What would their future hold? Were they afraid? We can relate to them. How many times have we in this world now been wondering what the future has to hold lately? We are very likely a people similar to the Jonine community because we look to our futures as well with both anticipation and much unknowing. As we look at our world and we worry for those in Ukraine, as our pandemic continues to go on, I work at the hospital and just when I think that the numbers are getting better, they start to go up again. And I wonder how much longer, Lord? We look at what's going on in our world around us, especially in the US as shootings continue. I don't know about if any of you feel this way, but sometimes fear for safety, just being out and about, doing daily tasks, or even when I'm just at the hospital working. Our future isn't always guaranteed, and it can be of time that is of great unknowing for so many of us. In a world of unknowns, it can be easy to become alarmed and dismayed, wondering what to do and whom to turn to. Jesus knows this reality before we even see it coming. So much so, he tells the disciples a spirit of truth will be sent. Just before these verses, if we back up to do a little more digging, we read in chapter 15, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. Not only will a spirit of truth be sent to the disciples, the truth will be an advocate. The truth and advocate will reveal all that needs to be seen and understood. And so it's still true to us believers today, as Christians, we are not left to flounder in uncertainty. We are promised guidance in both the good of life and the storms. As believers, we too will be sent a spirit of truth. More often than not, the truth can be hard to accept. In fact, Jesus had to warn the disciples before the spirit is sent to them, they could not bear, they could not bear all there was to know. Mita Stamper wrote for Working Preacher this week that as with the English word bear, the Greek word used is also used elsewhere in the New Testament to speak with a bearing, to speak towards bearing a physical weight. It is used of Jesus bearing the cross. 
It's used when Mary Magdalene uses it when she mistakes the risen Lord for a gardener, for a gardener who has carried away the body of Jesus. Jesus recognizes that the disciples cannot bear all that he is saying and reassures them and us that the truth-bearing spirit promised will carry it all for them and guide them into the truth of God. And here is where our message gets even juicier for us today. We're an even, we're an even greater meaning of life becomes evident. This bearing, this truth giving is all done in community. Every bit that Jesus is revealing, promising, bringing forth is done in community. Just as we hear about in Genesis, let us make human beings in our image. Since the beginning, into Jesus's ministry, even today, God is community. Not just works in community or promotes community. God is community. This community is seeped in relationship meant to build up believers and equip them to equip us for holy service. Yes, community is a type of relationship. The Trinity shows us we aren't meant to go it alone. It's not just a good suggestion that we need each other. We need relationship. We need community. No, it's actually a core part of our being. God does not function outside of community. So how could we? I think of this when I look back on my time when I moved to the Bay Area, growing up in Oregon and never moving away. It was scary for me to come to a place to finish seminary and not know anybody. Thankfully, I met who would go on to become my husband. But at the same time, I, when I arrived, had to find ways to make community and to make meaning of the newness in my life. And it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was bumpy getting to know some of my classmates and how the school functioned. And then from there, I was able to find out what churches were around me and to participate in the life of those churches. And then to remember, even if I go somewhere far away from home, for me that was far away, that God was still by my side and was going to work it all out. And here I am many years later, still in the Bay because somebody got me to stay here that I met in this place. Community has a way of working things out. As Demi Thomas writes in Journey with Jesus, when we decide to go it alone, when we privilege independence and autonomy over companionship and mutuality, if the Trinity really is more than a bit of dusty doctrine in the early church fought over, then we dare not take lightly the life-changing power of the communal. God is relationship. And it is only in relationship that we'll experience God's fullness. This essence of community that is God stood out to me this week 
especially after assembly ended. I'm sure some of you have heard about our Sierra Pacific Senate Assembly and how there were some bumps along the road at that assembly and how our Synod has some changes coming as we will be getting a new bishop in the future. Now, I don't wanna talk about all the bumps that we encountered at that assembly. I'm sure many of you heard about them, but I would like to lift up one joy from that assembly that came up. It was over a year ago now, during the trial of those whom killed George Floyd, that I was talking with other pastors online about what we as a church can do to create reparations for our clergy of color, those who have been paid under what they should have been, often struggling financially because of it. It was with the work of other clergy coming together and talking and reaching out to our clergy of color to ask them what should go in what would become a resolution that we put forward on the assembly floor and then had passed, that we will have a fund created now that will go to our clergy of color. Part of the funds will come from anytime a cell of a building occurs in our Senate and those funds go to the Senate, 10% of those funds will go towards reparations for our clergy of color whom were underpaid if they are retired now or underpaid even serving in call now. We're the first Senate in the ELCA in the United States to have such a resolution passed and fund created. And in that resolution, we're calling for more learning to happen around what reparations means, how clergy have been underpaid, and for more discussion around how we can be a more equitable church for all. Again, we're the first Senate to pass such a resolution and create such a fund. That's worth lifting up. So throughout all of the bumps that occurred at assembly, and even though we have an uncertain future for what leadership might look like, we still have hope in the work that we are doing. I was a part of that group that helped make that reparations fund possible. But if it wasn't for the voices from, of the people of color who told us how to move forward with it, it never would have happened and also for voters from your own church and for the community at the assembly that came together to make that happen. It is only truly in community that real justice, equity, love, and hope is created. So I wanna ask you, dear church, whom I've never met before, but it's a pleasure to meet you today, just a simple question if anybody would be willing to share, even just one or two people. If you'd be willing to share an answer to this question, how is your church being community for one another right now? Again, how is your church being community for one another right now? Anybody willing to share?
Lois. Thank I'm you. always willing to share. Fantastic. Thank you. We we have been with each other for years, and but during this time of being isolated from others, we still come together and worship together. I know there are people who pick up the phone and call each other. Uh, we support our sisters and brothers like we have. Um, a couple deaths over the last few years, and we are, have tried to be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ, mm. as well as our neighbors. Fantastic. Thank you, Lois. Anybody else? I know it's not typical to have the preacher turn it back to you and ask you to share, is it? Get you thinking, get you thinking a little bit. But I'd like to get you thinking, yes, one in the back. I, I was terribly impressed with the um, get together and support for the Law family after Larry passed. Mm. And I think it was just a outpouring of love and support for the family. But that's maybe a good example. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. These are beautiful examples much needed examples to lift up in a time where churches are questioning like, okay, people aren't coming back. Where are they? Or how are we going to move forward? You have shown how you've stayed church together, supported each other through death, supported each other during this pandemic and you can't be together. You also had a wedding too. And you had people take vows to stick it out till the end of time. I know how that goes. I'm a newlywed. So there you go. Congratulations. That's awesome. So I would like to leave you with one more thought. I hear there's a coffee hour after church, and I would just like to encourage us in discussion, if you will, to talk about together, how might the spirit be leading your church to practice being community on a deeper and more authentic level? Again, and encourage you, maybe sometimes you jet out the door and go home, but if you'll stay for, I hear there's donuts, just stay and and talk a little bit, be together in relationship and talk a little bit about how might your church be leading you, your church to practice being community on a deeper and more authentic level. All right. And blessings to you in the name of the creator, the redeemer, and the sustainer. Amen.